Today is the 21st day of September, 2023, and we once again welcome you all to our Chapter 49 podcast. We try to make it a weekly podcast. We don't always make it, but we try to be here more weeks than not. My name is Larry Lannon. I'm a volunteer with Chapter 49 and a retiree. I produce this podcast. I host it. And uh, with along with our, our uh, chapter president here at Chapter 49, Duncan Giles. Welcome back, Duncan. Thank you, Larry. It's always good to be here. And, of course, here at Chapter 49, we represent most IRS employees in the state of Indiana. But our, uh, our podcast seems to have a far and wide uh, audience. We, we, we certainly do. Uh, we started this, actually. We do still want to talk about Indiana to the extent that we can and the people that we serve. But uh, I think we sort of morphed this this podcast into a more kind of a general federal employee and, and, and national in scope in many ways because we all face the same issues. You know something, Duncan? I saw something on the news this morning that I don't know how, how to interpret it, but it just kind of shows how some Somebody started their day the other day. Green. Now you would not expect something like this to happen in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Somebody had trouble starting their car in Green Bay, Wisconsin, opened up the hood, and found a giant python snake in the engine compartment. And to this day, animal control in Wisconsin still has no idea how a python got in there. It had to be a collector or somebody who had a python that got out of out of, the, of wherever they were supposed to be. But can you imagine that, waking up, not starting your car, and seeing a giant python? I saw the actual video of it. I mean, this is just a story. You know, you could see the video on it. That was pretty scary to start your morning that way. Yeah, I was going to say, does this person have any enemies that collect large snakes because uh, that seems to be pretty random especially in green bay wisconsin if you're saying have trouble starting your car yeah i can see it because it's 30 below but not because of a giant python yeah i mean maybe this person has some enemies he doesn't know but uh, yeah that's uh, i saw that this morning and that just blew me away uh, anyway that's that was my News item of the day as we start uh, our podcast today. It has nothing to do with anything else we're going to talk about. Of course, we start this podcast as we have for a number of weeks. We're going to talk about the government shutdown. Now, um, again, it sadly looks like a government shutdown is likely. You never know. There can be last-minute deals. It doesn't look very promising at the moment if you look at it as objectively as you can. IRS employees will be expected to report to work, and as far as we know, and we have been assured by certain parties that uh, employees will be paid during the shutdown at IRS because there is money. The, the rest of the agencies have lost, they've run out of money at the end of the fiscal year. IRS does have this stash of cash on the side from the Inflation Reduction Act, and once you know, IRS gets its full year uh, uh, allocation of funds in, in the annual budget, then, of course, that money can be replenished. But in the meantime, that could keep IRS going. So a couple of different uh, things to talk about. Number one, the whole, uh, your take on the whole shutdown thing, and, and again, all the um, details that are being worked out uh, at the national level with, uh, between NTEU and the management as to how a shutdown would be managed and how the employees might be impacted by that. Yeah, first off, um, you know, and the shutdown overall, it's just 
again, you know, as I've said for several weeks, it's just insanity. There's no absolutely no reason for it. A deal was made in, you know, on dollar limits and things of that nature. And now certain people want to go back on that or do lower or something of that nature. And it's just so counterproductive. And shutting the government down is just idiocy. Uh, as for IRS and National NTU, uh, I can assure the folks listening out there that they are in daily contact about this, wanting to make sure that, okay, how is this going to work? Because normally during a shutdown, there are issues with travel, uh, training, things of that nature. We're making sure that if everything is to be going forward as normal, that those things are taken care of. There's no hitches. We want to make sure that IRS uh, senior leadership from the commissioner on down has a unified message, basically, so there are no rogue uh, management officials or executives out there who are going off with some sort of weird message. Uh, everybody should be hearing the same thing. So right now it's still a work in progress because there are still certain elements saying, well, you know, we're not going to have a shutdown. Yep, and I'm going to be named Mr. Universe this year. You know, two things that are both very unlikely to happen is that, you know, the government will stay open and I'll be named Mr. Universe. Because at this point, we, again, folks need to take a look at this and go, going, we're nine days away. We need a continuing resolution. We can't get any sort of agreement from one party on what a continuing resolution would look like, much less get it in front of the House and or the Senate. So I do feel that we will be shutting down. But as you said, because of the money from the Inflation Reduction Act that the IRS has banked, for lack of a better term, that we will still be reporting and still be working. Okay, I'm going to leave that Mr. Universe refer uh, reference aside <laughs> this time. I usually pounce on that. Here's what I want to mention. Okay, rogue managers and executives? Absolutely, that have their own creative messages. I don't know if they hear voices in their head, they don't read their emails, they don't listen to the folks above them, um, but they, you know, it, it happens every single time that they have a major policy change is that there are going to be some people who, frankly, either didn't get the message or don't like the message they got and want to do their own thing. And I know this commissioner is uh, really working hard to change the culture of that. Uh, and he's not going to be putting up with it, but we want to make sure as much as we can in the front. And that's what the work of, uh, you know, the folks at National NTU are doing, Doreen Greenwald, our national president, uh, you know, Ken Moffat, our director of negotiations, Dan Casper, our director of field operations, Anand Mooney, our vice president, are all sitting there telling them, hey, look, we need to make sure that this is going out to everybody and everybody speaks with the same message. Otherwise, employees are going to get confused. And when employees get mixed messages, it's not our fault. It's not the employee's fault. It's from those on top. I can remember, Duncan, when uh, communicate we didn't have the Internet communications. And let's just go back away. And I do remember that we would be in a group meeting and a shutdown would be looming. And the manager, if I was the union rep, the manager would ask me what's going on because NTEU had better communications with its chapters than the management did with its own managers. 
So uh, you talk about rogue managers and executives. In the old days, it was just they didn't get the message. I think the, what you're saying is that the commissioner on down and the, our national president of NTU are saying we have a unified message. If we can get together and have speak with one voice, that's a very powerful message that there's agreement there in the first place. And then it's a message to everybody in the management chain saying this is how we're going to do things. And that's no small uh, advancement in terms of, uh, of of how we do business as an agency. Yeah, and you still have people um, – bargaining unit and non-bargaining unit who don't regularly read emails, who don't listen to announcements and things of that nature. And it gets very frustrating. I had some folks uh, just this week ask me about, you know, the shutdown and, you know, how's it going to work and will we be paid and all that. And my response was to each and every one of them, uh, did you get that link to the podcast that I sent you out last week? Because this is precisely what we discussed. And so that's, again, one of the things, that, as you said at the opening, that we try and give out this information to folks nationwide because it's not just good for folks in Indiana. It's, this is information that we feel folks nationwide can, uh, can glean, and I know a lot of my brethren across the country appreciate that because I hear from chapter presidents who forward these out, uh, these podcasts out, just because they want to make sure their members – get the good information as well. And the fact that you've been around the, the block a few times as a chapter president, you are tied in and, and do have the best information. I'm just a provocateur as the retiree to, <laughs> to, let, to get you to talk about these things. One thing we do want to encourage people to do, a couple of things we would encourage people to do who are watching or listening to this podcast. First of all, you know, things can happen. And if so, for some odd reason, you do get sent home at IRS. We hope that doesn't happen. But if you, if you're, if you're disconnected from the management chain and in a shutdown, that's normally what happens. Uh, hopefully not for IRS this time, but it's so important that you set up your account at nteu.org. If you have not, if you have your account set up at nteu.org, Go on there and make sure all your contact information is accurate. Your phone number, but particularly your personal email, not your work email, your personal email is on there. So that if there's a disconnect at some point between your management and you, NTEU can directly contact you and keep you updated. NTU will be up to date on information. We're very good at doing that. I think that's one of our great strengths as a union. So... Um, just make sure that that's it. And also one other thing, and I'll, I plug this all the time, we have a Facebook page. And uh, you need to use this specific uh, search item to get to our Facebook page, NTEU49 um, Indiana, NTEU Chapter, I'm sorry, let me say that again, NTEU Chapter 49 Indiana. You need to have all those uh, words in that order. You search on Facebook, you'll find us, follow us, uh, like us, just uh, check our news feed. You can directly do that if you need to on Facebook. So uh, we have ways of directly communicating to you out there when you are at home. And Duncan, uh, unfortunately, with, with, there's no, with no way to know what's going to happen tomorrow, it's just so important that you keep that line of communication open from our national union and also from chapter 49. Exactly. So, yeah, that's one of the things that 
I've gone in and sometimes see members who don't have uh, accurate information or haven't put in their phone number or haven't put in their uh, email address. You know, NTU is not going to spam you. I can guarantee you locally you're never going to get spammed. And nationally, you're not going to get spammed. What NTU likes to do is send out information directly to you. You'll get things like the e-bulletin with information that's helpful. Any late-breaking news that goes on, NTU wants to make sure that you have that information. And if it's not correct on the NTU website, you're saying, well, I updated it with IRS. Unfortunately, as we've said previously, IRS doesn't share with us. So you need to make sure that we have your current address, that we have your current phone number for texts and for your um, email so we can get that information. The chapter website or chapter 49 uh, Facebook page, you do an incredible job, Larry, of getting out information. And that is so appreciated by not just myself, but all members and folks across the country who take a look at it because we're trying to get out the most current information we can and stuff that we think that members need to know about what's going on in their workplace or things that affect your life as a federal employee. So uh, I'm always one, you know, for, you know, the more information you get, the better off you are. So you can make more informed decisions for you and your family. So please avail yourself of the Facebook page and please make sure that your contact information is updated. Okay, we'll move on from that. Uh, one thing that I remember well from my days of working at IRS for 28 years was when I would follow my travel vouchers and when I would put in my travel or I put in my advance for, for travel. And one thing that uh, I think traveling federal employees despised was the whole idea of doing a cost comparison. It's just, how should I put it? A, a, and a bureaucratic nightmare to do that. It's just a lot of paperwork. It's difficult. It's just a lot of work. I mean, understand why the government would want that information and so forth, but it just adds a layer of complexity to your, your, your travel. Well, something has happened recently uh, dealing with this idea of doing cost comparisons, which is a very big part of of that whole process, and one of the more difficult ones to do as an employee. But there is some news. NTEU and, and uh, the management of IRS have been talking about this. There's been a recent development. Tell us what's going on. Yeah, this is something that, you know, when IRS changed uh, their policy and said, okay, for same-day travel, even if you're not going to be claiming per diem, you're not staying overnight, um, you know, even if you're, you're going over 50 miles, you're going to need to do a cost comparison to see whether it's more beneficial to the government for you to have a rental car or for you to use your own car. And I've got to tell you, and folks that have done this, as you have, can tell you, cost comparisons take quite a while. You're going to have to gather that information, figure it out, write up the stuff. You know, that can take a couple of hours of work that you could be actually doing, I don't know, your actual job. So, you know, it's one of those things, if you're going to be going, you know, several days a week or something of that nature, I can understand that, but could never understand the same day travel. And lo and behold, IRS uh, back earlier this year said, well, you know, we've reconsidered 
Um, and we want to do the, you know, for the same day travel that there's no per diem, it's under 12 hours of total travel. Uh, we want to waive that rental car thing. Great. Glad you're back with the rest of us. So um, they've negotiated this because there were some there were some tweaks to this that NTU wanted to make sure that we uh, got to protect the employees. And that agreement has now been signed. We're waiting for what's called agency head review. Once an agreement has been signed, then the Treasury Department has 30 days to look it over to make sure it's legal. Uh, the vast majority of the time, uh, Treasury has no problems or issues or very minor tweaks to something. But we have to wait those 30 days. But what we're really looking forward to is for revenue officers, uh, you know, revenue agents, folks in IT, folks in facilities, etc. Anybody who needs to go on a trip during the day, not overnight, just, okay, I need to run to this particular POD to check this out, or I need to go to this work site, I need to make this field call. You know, you don't have to do that cost comparison anymore. You will not have to do that cost comparison anymore. And we feel that's going to be beneficial to everybody, including the federal government, because at best, that policy that they had you do the cost comparison for this type of travel was penny wise and pound foolish at very best. And most of the time, it was just a waste of time. You know, I only had to use a rental car, my government travel one time. And that's when I was assigned to go to a training class at the uh, Computing Center at Martinsburg, West Virginia, which is in the general area of Washington, D.C., but there's no way to get from D.C. to Martinsburg. And the closest airport is Washington, D.C. So I had to rent a car. There was no other way that I could get there. And I really, I mean, you talk about a nightmare <laughs> trying to get uh, the whole travel voucher system done uh, with a rental car when you had to use one. So having to do a cost comparison all the time with a rental car, I can't even imagine that. So very glad to hear that the management has seen the light and NTU and IRS are, are together on this. And hopefully Treasury will, will sign off as well. I want to talk about something that uh, I, I want uh, is of very great importance to a number of people working for IRS and the federal government in general. I remember, I think it was during the George W. Bush administration, uh, Colleen Kelly was then the, the uh, national president of NTEU and partnered with uh, the OPM director, who wasn't necessarily on our side on every issue. But the two of them agreed that it was a good thing that the federal government was starting a long-term care insurance program. I've been in that program ever since it started, because they say the, er the earlier you get in, you know, the younger your age, the better for you generally. Well, the problem with the long-term care premiums that we've been paying in this whole program is that there is no government contribution at all. Now, the government does get a break because there's a very large pool of people, but we have in the last several, uh, last two or three cycles where this contract has come up, only one company has bid on the contract. I believe that's John Hancock Insurance. We've had no other bidders. And the costs have gone up on this long-term care insurance program. So the premiums have been going up. The contract is about to 
expire again. It's going to have to be renegotiated. And Duncan, what we are hearing about the premiums, for those of us like myself who have been in this program from the very beginning, uh, we may be in for a sticker shock here when we when we get our renewal uh, uh, notification. So what do we know about this? Yeah, sticker shock is a great word for this because it's going to go up. What we're hearing is because of the costs that have gone up in the long-term care industry, that the premiums for, you know, if if you keep the same benefits that you have, your premiums could go up anywhere from 49 to 85%, um, you know, of what you're paying right now. Because this they do this every couple of years, when as you said, when the contract comes up. So that's why you have these huge jumps. Uh, but this one is particularly large. And it's, you know, it's going to be something that everybody who's in it or contemplating getting it uh, is going to have to weigh the costs versus doing almost like a self-policy. Okay, what if I sock some money away? Am I going to be better? You know, how am I going to be better off? Which way is going to be most beneficial? So this is something that folks who are either involved in it now, like yourself, or who are contemplating getting into it, need to take a very strong look at to make sure that, uh, you know, they understand that their costs are going to go up quite a bit and to make their own decision, everybody's decision is going to be individual on what uh, what is cost prohibitive and what is still workable for them. Because you're going to have three options, as I understand it. Option number one is you just have to suck it up and pay this big premium increase. Second option would be that you lower the benefits. You you take a, a smaller premium, but the benefits are not going to be what they were before. Or you can pull yourself out of the program, and all that money you paid over all those years really sort of goes down the drain. Uh, really, none of those options are particularly inviting, but it may be what uh, people will face. So if you're in this program, like myself, uh, you need to just be prepared. You may have a decision to make. You will get your, and they say there's an average because everybody's age and situation is different. So there's not one uh, percentage even that would work for everyone. So you just have to wait until you get that notification, look at the options and try to make your decision. But pre- start preparing now because uh, you will only have a certain amount of time to make that decision, right? Exactly. Yeah, and we're just trying again. We just want to get this information out to folks as early as possible so they have the longest period of time to make that informed decision, especially when they get that letter and so they're not going to be bowled over by the number that they're probably going to see. Okay, so a word of warning there. Well, once we find out more, we'll let you know. But again, it's a very individualized thing. We just know that the percentage of increase from most of of, of the participants is going to be huge. That much we do know. Your specific situation will vary. Let's move on to something else. Um, Doreen, our new uh, national president, Doreen Greenwald, has hit the ground running. You said this before. But she did something interesting. There is a group of people in Washington, D.C. who specialize in covering federal employee issues. They're media companies. A government executive magazine is one. There's a, a federal news network. There's, there's several of them. Those are just a couple of examples. I use those news sources quite often to post on our Facebook page as well as using internal communications that I think are, are uh, of, of interest to people generally in, in our union. But 
Doreen Greenwald really took the gloves off, and she she went after a couple—I mean, several different people who have been coming after federal employees. One example she gave is a certain senator who's been making allegations that federal employees on telework are goofing off and they're not being productive or they're not working. They're just sitting at home, twiddling their thumbs, watching TV, reading other books, whatever it might, they're, they're envisioning, which is insane. You know, people are still required to do their work, whether you're doing it in the office or at home, and there are ways to, to measure that. Uh, she also uh, just spoke in general about the, the attacks on the federal employee group as a whole, particularly with this Schedule F thing where there there are people in Congress who want to make federal employment an at-will job where you could be fired at any time for any reason, and there's no real uh, protection in there against uh, political backlash and that sort of thing. So uh, I, I read the, the summary, some of the news summaries of that news conference. It was quite amazing. Dorita's not afraid to, to take on people if uh, if need be. Yeah, Doreen Greenwald, and again, I've known I've known Doreen for decades. And, you know, one of the nicest ladies you'd ever want to meet. Um, you know, but Doreen is a former revenue officer. You push her, she's gonna push back hard. And when she gets pushed about, you know, hearing these things about, you know, the the telework BS, well, you know, federal employees are not as, you know are not as productive on telework. Yeah, great. If you're looking at a study from, I don't know, 2016 that was sort of incomplete and the people who did it were not exactly objective. You know, let's let's try looking at some modern data and especially since COVID. Um, you know, Doreen will, will call people out. She will tell them the absolute truth and it's going to be unvarnished. And if they don't like it, so be it. But she's... Um, for those of you NTU members who are not familiar with her, we've had some great national presidents. You know, in my time, Bob Tobias, who's, you know, a very esteemed gentleman, but he didn't take any uh, baloney. Colleen Kelly was a very strong national president. Again, a very nice lady who did not take any bull. Tony Reardon, who, as we all know, and is a good friend of the show and good friend of mine, absolutely passionate about, you know, federal employees and their issues. And Doreen Greenwald is no different. She is going to be a force for everyone uh, that we represent. And she will be in people's faces that do anything to denigrate the work that federal employees do or how they work. So, you know, this, this press conference, when I saw it, I kind of chuckled when you sent me the summary because I hadn't heard about it. And I'm just laughing going, okay, they're getting an education about Doreen. This is good. This is good. Now they know what she's like, how to deal with her. And, you know, as long as you're up front with the lady and tell her what's going on and, and being fair to employees, she's going to, you know, work with people. Doesn't matter, you know, in Congress, doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. If you're for federal employees, and doing the right thing, she's right there. If you're not, she's going to tell you about it in no uncertain terms, and that's exactly what we need in our national NTU leadership. Well, you know, I joined uh, I joined IRS in 1983, and I learned early in my IRS career, you never mess with a revenue officer. <laughs> very, very true. 
So they uh, will. Uh, they're not shy. No, they're not, and, and just the nature of the job. If you're going to be successful in that job, you need to be able to to, to be aggressive when you need to be. Okay, Duncan, how about your final comment for this podcast? Yeah, my final comment today is, you know, again, I, I'm really big on talking about work-life balance, talking about family, and doing things. Um, I'm very big for doing things for others in your family. You know, I try and do things uh, that my wife needs or enjoys as she does with me, you know, with my daughter and son-in-law. You know, do things that they might like or pick up things that they might enjoy. Do those sorts of things. You know, take care of those uh, that love you. I've got a good friend that's, uh, you know, he and his wife have been on us about since we got married, you know, wanting to take us out to dinner uh, as a wedding gift. So, you know, those those types of things are very, very special. And you want to do those to those that you care about and are, are with. So, you know, be mindful of that. You know, if you're with someone, love someone, family, friends, things of that nature, you know, do something special for them. If they're doing something special for you, acknowledge it, appreciate it. And it's rare. It really is. It's rare. I wish it would happen more. And just try and embrace it and pay it forward. My only advice here is never turn down a free meal, Duncan. Uh, <laughs> my my final comment is from a political pundit, and I've studied politics for years, and some political pundits are just people you can ignore, quite honest. But there was I won't mention who it was, but this is one I, I tend to, to, to think knows what he is talking about in this case. And he talked to, and this is important to all of us as federal employees because we rely on the Congress and the president to set the rules, our pay just everything we depend on 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 the government machinations to determine our work life and how we how we do things and 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 kind of what life we have his concern is not so much ideology or political party what he worries about today is that there are some set of lawmakers that still believe in making laws fashioning budgets doing the work we all think we've sent them to Congress to do. He says, what we have now is a certain group of people in the Congress, in the Senate, and particularly in the House, who care a lot less about doing anything. This shutdown uh, uh, debate is what really brought this on. These people are not interested in solving any problems, in reaching any agreements. They just want to do what he calls performance art. Get before the cameras and put a show on, which he said, there's always a little bit of that in politics, but that's all you do. And here's one thing. There's one member of the House who I thought said it well, and he's a Republican. He got before the cameras the other day and said, you know, sometimes we have people in our conference who cannot take yes for an answer. In other words, you have a great solution to the problem in front of you. You say, no, I'd much rather just have fun. And, talk, and complained in front of TV cameras. I think that's part of the problem we're having right now because if we have a government shutdown, it's not going to end well. And we'll, there will be pain for people in the public. There will be pain for people who work for the federal government. So uh, I think let's try to hold our elected officials to account and say, okay, fine, if you want to get up and give a speech, in the end, you have to legislate. You have to make sure you make a deal on a budget. That's my speech for the day, Duncan. 
<laughs> I don't know if it's uh, going to make any difference, but uh, I really do think it's something we all need to consider as we go into an election year next year for members of Congress and, and some senators. Anyway, thank you, Duncan Giles. Always great to talk to you. This is the Chapter 49 podcast. Again, as I've said before, we try to keep this as weekly as we can make it. Uh, with Duncan and I, we don't always have schedules that apply that way, but uh, we, we do the best we can. And it's another week, another podcast here for this week uh, on Thursday, September 21st, when we record this. And again, Duncan and I have busy lives. Even as a retiree, I try to stay busy. And Duncan is always busy as a chapter president. We continue doing this podcast because of the feedback we get from you, what Duncan already mentioned, where people around the country listen and watch this podcast. And that's why we do it, just for your benefit. And as long as people are watching and listening, we'll do our best to keep this going. But in the meantime, we thank you again for watching and listening. Please. Be safe and be kind.